1 Corinthians chapter 15 tonight. Eternity. Having our life count for Christ. My grandmother uh, in San Leandro, uh, she's 92 years old, and it's amazing how God has used her prayers uh, in her home church and and uh, even in our lives. Uh, I think many years ago when she when I was in her house and all of a sudden out of the blue she says I pray for O.J. Simpson's salvation every day, and uh, and then it was of course Pastor Lynn being there at the the prison and all of that. Uh, I believe that my grandmother had some part in that, and then eventually I got to go and preach there as well. And and uh, my grandmother's been used of God in in greater ways than she realizes. And she stays at home most of the week and, and doesn't get out a whole lot, but sometimes uh, she does. And anytime she gets out, she she gives the gospel to whoever will listen to her. And uh, she'll embarrass you. if <laughs> uh, She'll just go start talking to somebody at a restaurant or whatever. And, and, uh, and so I, I appreciate my grandmother. She's, she's 92, and I, she says, Tim, I believe God's kept me on this earth for, for two main reasons. My, my prayers, praying for others. And then I'm not ashamed of the gospel. She says, I witness whenever I can. She writes letters. That's kind of her ministry as well, writing letters and uh, to different people and seeking to, to lead others to Christ. She's led dozens and dozens of people to Christ. And I'm thankful for that heritage. I'm thankful that my grandmother uh, has made her life count for Christ. And, uh, and I know that we're here tonight. We desire the same thing, that our lives would count for Christ and, and this matter of eternity. And of course, eternity, heaven, hell, and the gospel. And tonight we want to talk about the gospel and uh, the good news that we have to give. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, look there in verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I have preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein you stand, but which you also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. What is the gospel? For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the scripture, Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures, and that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. So this is after the resurrection. And after that, he was seen of above 500 brethren at once. Uh, amazing proof of the resurrection, 500 witnesses of whom the greater part remained to this present, but some are fallen asleep. After that he was seen of James, and then of the apostles. And last of all, he was seen of me also as one born out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles, that I am not meet to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God I am what I am. And his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses us from all sin. Thank you, Lord, for forgiveness of sins. Thank you that we can be right with you. Lord, thank you that we can walk in victory over sin, that we're not bound by sin. Where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. We praise you for your grace and your mercy upon our lives. We thank you for the victory that we have through Christ. And Lord, as we've opened up your word, I pray that you would open up our hearts. 
Lord, so often we uh, we become distracted from uh, uh, distracted in other things from eternity's values, and I pray that you would open our eyes and once again to eternity. Lord, may you mold and make us to be the the salt and light, the soul winners that you want us to be. Lord, may we go with the gospel. May you be exalted. May you empower your word here tonight. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. There are four gospel records in our Bible. Although someone said there's actually five. Uh, One is, uh, of course, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But then you. (laughs) Uh, You're also a gospel. Uh, You're one that can give your testimony and tell others about Christ. The word gospel is used 98 times in the New Testament. It literally means good news. There's a lot of bad news in this world. Uh, you look on the news and, of course, they, they say good evening and then spend the rest of the time telling you why it's not a good evening. <laughs> Tell you all the negative stuff that's happening. Oh, we have good news to share to others. We have the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. The good news is of Jesus Christ is the only thing that can address the sinful condition of every heart and the evil in our world. We need the gospel. America needs the gospel. The politicians are trying to legislate things that only the gospel can do. People need the gospel in every generation. I love what my pastor said at the end of that video. This is our time. We read about in the book of Acts what they did. This is our time. This is our generation. We're to reach our generation with the gospel of Christ. The Lord Jesus' earthly ministry was about the gospel. The early church was consumed with getting the gospel out. The Apostle Paul wrote in his letters that the work of the gospel was the work that he had been given to do. Our generation is in desperate need of the gospel. I think of David Gibbs many years ago. He was, uh, I want to say in Australia, and he said uh, there was uh, somebody that was raising support to be a missionary in America. And it really kind of took him back. And in essence, I mean, it's like, why would you send people to us? We need to be sending people to you. But as he started thinking about it, yeah, we need, we need the gospel. There are missionaries that are coming to America to give the gospel. And yet there's people here in your community that you're to be a missionary too. I can't reach the people you can reach. Pastor Lynn can't reach the people that you can reach. God has given you that job, that uh, sphere of influence, that family, uh, uh, that neighborhood. And so there's a responsibility that each and every one of us have in giving the gospel. True followers of Christ must do their part in fulfilling His plan. The work of the gospel is the work of every believer. And so in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, in verses 3 and 4, we have the gospel of Christ. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now in the book of 1 Corinthians, uh, this is my favorite chapter, chapter 15, the resurrection. I love this chapter. The book of 1 Corinthians uh, is written to the church in Corinth, which was a very wicked city. Immorality was the order of the day. And that immorality and that wickedness wasn't just outside the church. No, it came in. 
And so throughout all of these chapters, Paul's dealing with one issue after another, after another, after another. And now it gets back to verse uh, to chapter 15, and he, and he seems, let's just get back to the basics. Let's just get back to the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm afraid that there's a lot of churches that are distracted and detoured from their primary purpose in giving the gospel out. I believe that there's many Christians that are distracted from their purpose of giving the gospel out. I've been there. My home church has been there. We just saw a couple of people get saved uh, this a uh, couple of weeks ago, and and uh, and I and we my pastor and I we've prayed. It's been uh, over a year since we saw anybody get baptized. All that burdened us. That bothered us. Does it bother you? <laughs> it ought to bother us. Uh, if, if we're not seeing some things and, and, uh, and our church is, is okay in giving the gospel, boy, we need to step it up as well. But uh, I think it's easy to get distracted and get involved in all these other things without losing the purpose, the main purpose of giving the gospel. All the ministries that we do, it's for the gospel. I was listening to a pastor talk about uh, uh, how uh, recently there was a, a lady that was very troubled. She had several children, young children, and she came to the church. And, and, uh, and at the invitation, she came forward in the Sunday evening service and began witnessing to her. And it took a, a well over an hour, hour and a half going through the scriptures. And finally, she came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And so it was a, a long night. But her kids were being watched there in the nursery. That nursery worker went overtime. She stayed there that whole time watching those kids, knowing something must be going on, uh, that, that maybe the gospel is being given, that, that, that lady's being helped. And so afterwards, the pastor told her what had happened, and they were rejoicing. And he says, you have a part in that. If you hadn't have done that, I wouldn't have been able to have that time with her. You get That's fruit to your account. That's not just on me. Oh, we come together as a, as a church for the gospel of Christ. But so often we do get distracted. I, I remember the first time I led someone to Christ, it lit a fire in my heart. <laughs> oh, man. I remember when I got saved, but to lead someone else to Christ? Oh, what a joy and thrill that is. And it lit a fire in my heart. I wish I could tell you tonight that fire has never gone out. I'm called to be an evangelist. I'm a preacher of the gospel just by my own name. I, I've always had that, that soul-winning fervor and zeal. But I, if I said that, I would be lying to you tonight. Many times that soul-winning fervor and zeal has died. And I need this, this tonight as much as you do. I need to be reminded that my goal, my, my, uh, uh, my purpose is to give out the gospel of Christ. Believers like to quote the last verse of that of this famous chapter, Be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. What is the work of the Lord? Well, in context, it's giving the gospel. This is a gospel chapter. We cannot claim this promise if we're not engaged in that work that God has given us to do. So we need to get acquainted with the good news. You cannot share what you do not possess. The Apostle Paul wrote, For I delivered unto you first of all the gospel which I, that I also received. Have you received it? Do you know the gospel? 
uh, we are we have uh, in this race have you have you received the baton have you received Christ and as we relay this gospel we need to give it to others now the elements of the gospel is the death burial and resurrection of Christ uh, he uh, died for our sins he carried he had the burial of Christ he carried our sins far away the resurrection of Christ he rose from the dead to give us eternal and abundant life Oh, there's so many things connected to the gospel, but that's the root of it all. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Christ's first message was a gospel message. Mark 1, 14. Now after that, John was put in prison. Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye, and believe the gospel. Have you ever repented of your sin and turned to turn by faith to Jesus Christ as your Savior? Has there ever come a point in your life where you saw your need for Christ and accepted Him as your Savior? Believe the gospel and be saved. Oh, we need to receive that gospel. We need to receive the good news. But then we need not to just receive it. We need to relay it. Now, I was in college uh, uh, many years ago, and I was thinking about this. We visited, I got to preach an ambassador uh, for their Bible conference, and I was looking at the ball field out there, and they would play soccer and things, and sometimes we would have dorm competitions, and, and uh, every year we would have a big dorm competition. I was in charge of a dorm one year, and I had probably the most athletic dorm out of everybody. I had guys that ran every day. Uh, they were you know, just, just great athletes, and I'm thinking, we've got this. We're going to win this storm competition. And so we had a relay race, and we had some of the fastest guys, but just longevity and things. I, I just knew we were going to win. And so uh, there's, it's a, it's a four-man race, and, and so the first uh, three guys are running, and we're, we are so far ahead of everybody else. And I'm looking for that fourth guy. And I'm like, where's John? Where is John at? And I said, somebody, can you find John? Well, John uh, was, uh, was being distracted. He was off somewhere else. And there was nobody in the dorm to run except for me. Now, you can probably tell I'm not a runner. I've never been a runner. But I'd been in a car accident about a year before, and I hadn't run at all in that whole year. I didn't play any sports, anything like that. And so uh, they're coming with the baton, and I'm like, there's nobody else. If I don't run, we're going to have to forfeit this race. And so I, I grab it, and of course, I've never ran in a relay race. I start running as hard as I could. <laughs> it's, a long, it's a long way around that ball field. And it got longer and longer the more the time went on. And so I'm like, okay, well, if I can just keep us in this thing. And, uh, and one guy passed me, and then another guy passed me. Uh, and I think and I finally got all the way to the end. I'm huffing and puffing. I give it to that other guy, and he takes off. We didn't get in first place. We got in second, though. But, uh, you know, I'm thinking I had to, I had to receive it, but then I've got to re I have to relay it. I have to go around. I'm not the fastest guy in the dorm. I'm not the best one, but I was the one that was chosen for that moment. You know, you may not be it's the, a preacher. Of, you may not have had uh, Bible college training and all these other things, but God wants to use you. God wants to use your testimony, your life. There's some place that God has for you there are people in Fernley, Nevada right now that are hurting and longing to be saved. They're filling their life with all kinds of things. And we've got the truth. We've got the gospel. We've got what, what this world needs. You have what this city needs. The gospel of Christ. 
So don't just receive it, relay it to others. Paul wrote one of the greatest passages in the Bible on giving the gospel to yet another church, the church of Rome. Giving the good news is the work of every church and every Christian. Turn over to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. He says in Romans chapter 1 and verse 14, he says, I'm a debtor, both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and the unwise. So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. What's the power of God? The gospel. One of the things Leonard Ravenhill said, that just an amazing quote, he said, one of the most amazing things that God does is take a sinner out of a sinful world, save him, put him back in that world, and keep him sanctified. <laughs> it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Make special note of the three times he said, I am. I'm a debtor. I am ready. I am not ashamed. Giving the gospel is a personal matter. He says, I am personally responsible and personally accountable for what I do with the good news. He says, I'm a debtor. Uh, there was an evangelist by the name of Carl Hatch. Uh, he was uh, with another evangelist. Uh, They're traveling in a city, and he says, I need to stop at the bank. And so uh, they go into the bank, and Carl Hatch says, I need to speak to the president of the bank. And uh, he says, okay, sir, what is this about? And he says, well, I have a debt that I need to pay. And, uh, and so he says, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll try to see if he's available. And so he says, yep, the president's available. And, and uh, so he comes in there, and the president says, I hear you have a debt that you want to pay. He says, I do. I have a debt of telling you about Jesus Christ. He says, I've never given you the gospel. And he went and gave that bank president the gospel, and that bank president came to know Christ as Savior. Oh, we are in debt. Uh, people believe, or Paul believed that he owed the, the people uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the good news for everyone. God reveals his love for all people. He's a debt to all, uh, both to the Greeks and the barbarians, both to the wise and the unwise. And then he says, I'm ready. Now, most of us would say, I'm not ready. <laughs> Sometimes, uh, uh, you know, you get up to sing or, or uh, you know, give announcement, do something like, I'm not ready yet. I, you know, I gotta, gotta work on this a little more. Uh, and then given the gospel, you think, I'm not ready. Uh, I wish I could, you know, learn a little bit more about this. Paul says, I'm ready. But look what he says. So the secret of being ready is found in this little phrase, so much as in me is. What is it that you have in you? Christ. We, you know, who would you rather have with you, Christ or Pastor Lynn, to give the gospel? Would you rather have Christ or Evangelist Morris Gleiser? No, you'd rather have Christ. He's the best one. And He'll show you what you need to say. So much as in me is. You have Christ in you. That's why Paul says, I'm ready. Because he has Christ. And so... You have two things that make you ready. You have the truth. The truth of Christ. Again, this world is filled with lies. 
And, uh, and we have the truth that all people need. You can begin with a simple verse of John 3.16 and start with your testimony. Begin with what is in you. You have the truth, but then you have the Holy Spirit. God lives within you and wants to witness through you. Depend on Him for wisdom and boldness. I'm shy and quiet by nature, and so I pray. Say, God, give me, give me an opportunity. Help me to open my mouth, and Lord, when I open my mouth, I'm just going to trust you. <laughs> and so we just go and give the gospel. The Lord will help you with wisdom and boldness. Depend on Him. He'll give you the words to say and the courage to, to say it. Depend on Christ and you. Again, he says in 1 Corinthians 15.10, Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. And so Christ is with you to give the good, the good news. Then he says, I'm not ashamed. Now, we all get nervous in speaking and, and, uh, and witnessing, uh, but you must not be ashamed of Jesus Christ. Paul revealed the deep convictions that causes us to be bold, which is that everyone needs the gospel. And the, and the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to those who will believe. Uh, I was listening to evangelist Tom Farrell. He was in a meeting, and this uh, pastor said, there's two guys that just walked in. It's a father and a son. The father is an atheist. The son is a Satanist. He says, they're in this, this meeting tonight. He says, I don't know what's going to happen. And, uh, and so uh, Tom Farrell just you know praying, I'm going to preach the gospel. He preaches the gospel that night. That father and son come forward to the altar. They both get saved. The father says to the son, Son, I'm so sorry that I trained you and raised you to be an atheist. He says, Dad, I'm so sorry I went to Satanism. Oh, that's the power of the gospel. To change an atheist. To change a Satanist. Oh, we have the power. that The gospel is the power of God. We have the gospel. We have what everyone needs. You know that you can't witness to the wrong person? You can't witness the wrong person. And, uh, you know, we, sometimes we think of the parable of uh, the, the stony ground and the hard ground and all of that. We think that all ground is stony, all ground is, is thorny. No, there's some good ground. There's some good ground in Fernley. There's some good ground in Reno. There's some good ground in Sacramento. Not everybody's hardened towards the gospel. Oh, give it out. And then he, he takes it personally. He says, I am a witness. Christ emphasized not just what we do, but also of who we are. We're witnesses. I must give what I have. And so then we need to go with the good news. He, uh, he says in verse, go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. <clears throat> He says the Apostle Paul, uh, he makes it clear that the grace of God caused him to labor. There is both rest and labor in the gospel. We rest in what he did for us, and we labor to give it to others. The gospel was never meant to be stationary. Uh, we need to go with the gospel. So often, we play defense when we need to be on the offense. We've cowered in fear as a whole, as churches and even, even preachers have cowered in fear, and we need to be advancing. Hudson Taylor, uh, who founded the Chiland Engine, uh, Island Mission, was famous for saying, God is always advancing. 
When I think about that vision, the 2020 vision of Sacramento there in the fall, it's like, let's take it to the enemy. <laughs> let's stop playing defense. Let's play offense. Let's go with the gospel. In Matthew 28, we're to go and to make disciples of others. In Mark 16, 15, we're to go to every creature. Luke 24, 45 through 48, we're to go as a personal witness of Christ. John 20, 21, we're to go with divine authority. In Acts 1, 8, we go in the power of the Holy Spirit. We are ambassadors for Christ. And so, our ministry is to be, all of the things we do need to be about the gospel. What is the heartbeat of God? It's the gospel. Luke 19.10, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. That's his heart. When Megan and I were started dating, I wanted to learn things about her. I wanted to know what her likes and her dislikes are. And, and I was pursuing her, and I'm still pursuing her and finding out things about her. I didn't know in the beginning, in our first uh, couple of years, we were talking about this the other day, that she liked coffee as much as she does. Maybe she didn't realize that either. But, uh, but I'm learning some things about her. I'm still seeking to learn things and, and learn what her heartbeat is. And, and, what, and as we grow in this Christian life, we want to learn what does God love? What does God like and dislike? What does He hate? What does He love? And all that we would love the same things that God loves. And He loves the Gospel. His heartbeat is for the Gospel. I was looking at that sign there, around the corner, around the world. That's, that's just a, another reminder. We need to be about the gospel of Christ. God's command is not optional. It's mandatory. We must go with the good news. Three years ago, on this day, Mother's Day, there was an evangelist that was visiting a church that were going to have a revival meeting, a Sunday through Friday revival meeting. And uh, it was in Burlington, North Carolina, and this, uh, this man shows up, he walks in, his name was Clint. Clint was very hardened towards the gospel. Clint was uh, just notorious for his hard living and just full of uh, vices in his life. His mom uh, died a year before, and she was always burdened for Clint and, and uh, burdened for his salvation, and he would come sometimes on Mother's Day. And when he showed up at church, they were thinking, you know, they would never see Clint again. But he shows up. They said, what are you doing here? He says, well, I know this is where my mom would want me to be. So uh, this mother, who uh, was very burdened for her son, would pray. And, and on uh, the church nights and prayer requests, she'd say, pray for my son Clint. He's not saved. He needs to get saved. The evangelist actually had met Clint before another time uh, when he was there at the church. And, and so uh, he's preaching. And all throughout the, the message, Clint's... In that, in that uh, seat, just crying, just weeping. God's working in his heart. He gets the invitation time. He, he holds on to the front of that seat. and His knuckles become white. He's just holding on. He's praying that some, you know, God would just break through in his life. And then finally, Clint let go and ran to the altar. And, uh, and he got saved. Came to know Christ as Savior. The whole church erupted in praise and glory to God. They had been praying. They've been seeking God for this man uh, to get saved. When Clint got saved, that just sent a huge ripple effect. Over 20 of his friends came to know Christ as, as their Savior. God did such a 180 in his life. They're like, if God can do it with this man, he can do it with me. And that started a, a revival uh, that lasted. There's many other miracles that happened that lasted for three months. It started three years ago today on Mother's Day. 
This man coming to know Christ as Savior. But there was a church that had been praying for Clint. There was a mother that had a burden and had a testimony, was praying for her son. And though she didn't see him get saved uh, before she left and went home to be with the Lord, I believe she knows that he's saved now. Her prayers did not stop when she died. Those prayers continued. And so God wants us to be about the gospel of Christ. What's better than going to heaven? Taking somebody with you. This message tonight's not in vain. There's someone you know that needs the gospel. There's some face that you see right now that needs the gospel. Have you been distracted in your life and giving the gospel? Oh, we need to get back to having that heartbeat of God to give the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's look to the Lord in prayer.